0: Welcome back to the program. Thank you for that, Amy. Time now to talk a bit of cricket. Disappointment for the Aussies last night. Although there was a bit of fireworks, especially from Dre Russ, 71 off 29. Couldn't chase down the 2-2-1 required for victory. But to have a look at the summer in its entirety, we thought we'd go to the Chief Cricket Writer for News Limited. I'm talking about Benny Horn. He's on the line. G'day, Ben. Hey, Jimmy. Good to talk to you, hey, mate. Thanks for having me. Uh, Absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on the program. Just before we get to uh, the summer overall, let's have a quick look at last night. So, highly entertaining again. Lots of boundaries hit and sixes. And David Warner signs off maybe on Australian soil as well. What did you make of the final performance of David Warner? And he's almost done it again, Penny. He said, yeah, 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 keep picking me, but then I'll finish up at the T20 World Cup.
1: Yeah. Oh, it was a nice way for him to finish in front of home fans That's the last time he'll play for Australia at home and a fitting way to go out in the format where he announced himself T20 cricket. And um yeah, it was you know it, it was low key compared to his last test but a fitting way for a uh, champion player to go out. But um you know, I guess this year is all about the T20 World Cup and uh, he's going to have to play a big part there for Australia to um you know for them to Get that title back, and if they do, they'll have all three major ICC titles, which would be quite incredible. But um, yeah, I, I, I've enjoyed the T20 series. Actually, the West Indies have been competitive in all three games, and it was uh, it was entertaining to watch.
0: Yeah, scored a heap of runs. Have the West Indies just on that? When we're looking at the the eleven that were there, Maxwell batting five, Aaron Hardy at three. No Steve Smith there. Jake Fraser-McGurk goes over there just to get some frequent flyer points going. <laughs> do, what do you think it will be from an eleven perspective when it comes to the T20 World Cup later this year? I think the squad that
1: they're taking to New Zealand for these T20s uh, in, in a week or two's time is pretty much the squad that they'll have for the World Cup. That would be my read on it. Um you know, there could be some variables there, but they're taking 15 players to New Zealand. It looks pretty close to the mark for me. Um, so I think guys like Aaron Hardy, Fraser McGurk, maybe it's uh, it's a bridge too far for them. But, but you never know. Um, probably the big question mark is who's going to open the batting with David Warner. Um, you know, Steve Smith will get a chance in New Zealand to play a couple of games, but... Um, I'm just not sure whether they're thinking that Steve is the person to partner, to partner Dave Warner uh, or, or whether they do need to find a new opening partner. So that's probably the position I reckon that's most up for grabs still. Um, otherwise, I think it's a pretty settled looking team.
0: When we look at Steve Smith and whether he plays for the Washington Freedom over there with Ricky Ponting in Major League Cricket, and that will happen and that seems to be gathering momentum and that's going to happen after the T20 World Cup, do you reckon those conversations with Ponting has been had about where he, take, you know, where he is in the batting lineup? Because I think he, he reinvented himself, didn't he, about 12 months ago when mm. he opened a couple of times for the Sydney Sixers.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, look, I think if he's going to be in Australia's T20 squad, he has to be opening the batting. I think that's the position for him if he's going to play in this format. Um, I mean, the tricky thing to weigh up, I guess, is there are more explosive batsmen out there than Steve Smith. It's as simple as that. But as they discovered in the last T20 World Cup in Australia,
0: mm. um,
1: perhaps they could have done with Steve's sort of heavy duty, big game experience because. Even though it's you know it's 2020 cricket, it's still a World Cup and the pressure comes on. Sometimes the scores aren't as monstrous as what we've seen in this series, and um, you know you do need someone who can just uh, yeah knows how to make those runs when when they count. So look, it is a big call, um, and yeah, look, I, I think but you know, I do think it, it has to be it's opening or nothing for Steve in the T20 World Cup.
0: You mentioned New Zealand, that's coming up. So white ball cricket, red ball cricket. Uh, then, of course, there's the IPL. Lots of Aussies involved in that. T20 World Cup, Major League Cricket. I love the fact that there's some guys going over there and, and playing some county cricket. It's It really is a 12 months of the year, isn't it, mate? Which is, which is one yeah. of the strong points and one of the weaknesses for global cricket.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, the game's really still trying to figure out, I suppose, what it what it's going to be really it's it's an interesting sort of period um yeah it's a strange year for australia after after last year where they basically had every major trophy you could think of was last year going to india for a test tour uh ashes world test championship and a world cup in india uh this year's a lot more low-key these two tests coming up against new zealand are the only two tests australia play all year um and then the t20 world cup So it's a much lighter year uh, from from an Australian point of view. But as you say, a lot of Australian players will uh, still be, you know, doing their stuff, whether it be in in county cricket or the IPL or or America. It'll be interesting to see um, this American League this year. I'd imagine they will get a lot more international players, given it comes right off the back of the T20 World Cup, which is going to be in the same region.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Under-19s, we made mention of it yesterday, the fact that they were able to win the final again, um, unearthed a couple of stars from a bowling perspective. But I see you wrote an article about Sam Constas, who has played a couple of Shield games for New South Wales, and you think that this guy is a star in the making, Benny? Yeah,
1: look, I mean, he's got huge reps on him, and his record in grade cricket right from the age, you know, when he's playing Green Shield as a, as a young teenager is exceptional. He's definitely, um, you know one of the, I guess, most highly touted talents New South Wales have had coming through in the last 10 years. Um, obviously, playing for Australia in the under-19s doesn't necessarily translate to, to being an international star of the game. There's a lot of hard work that needs to needs to be done. But, um, yeah, he's certainly someone New South Wales will be investing in. And I'm not sure that the turnaround for Friday's Shield game might be a bit tight potentially, but I think we'll see and play shield cricket again before the end of the season. New South Wales have another two games after that. So he's a very tall opening batsman. He's, um you know, only a few centimetres shorter than Kevin Peterson. who was, you know, probably the, the tallest batsman um, that, that people would know. Um, tall opening batsman, but, um, yeah, just very good cricketer. And, um, uh, you know, hopefully New South Wales and Australia need him to, to really come on.
0: Give, give us a, a similar. Is there... A, I'm thinking about Matt Hayden. He was a big, tall fella, but maybe he's not as barrel-chested yeah. as Big Hados.
1: Not at this stage. I mean, he, he maybe he'll fill out as the years go by. But, yeah, that's probably a decent comparison. Look, I, I'm not 100% sure at what pace he plays at. I know, you know, he's he, the two guys he's watched as a kid growing up is David Warner and Steve Smith. Um, so, I don't know, maybe somewhere between... Between the middle, in terms of the, the the tempo that he plays at, I mean the the guy that I've heard him compared to is Michael Clark, and I don't know whether that's from a technique point of view exactly, or just you know just that he's kind of got that sort of yeah that real um, I guess standout sort of prodigious ability that Michael Clark showed uh, through the grades and got his opportunities really young um, Michael did so um, yeah so but he's the, he's the name that I've heard him compared to the most.
0: Yeah, right. Uh, that's a fair rap for young Sam. Just tell him to stay well away from Noosa. North Sydney Bears, <laughs> mate. North Sydney Bears. Now, I... I was tugging at the heartstrings. I got very emotional about the letter that you got back yeah. from Mark Soden when you wrote it in 1993. And, um, you know, there was all sorts of excitement the last couple of weeks about the, the Bears being back. What's, what's your take on that? Are you happy? It feels like the Bears are it's getting late at the nightclub and they're prepared to dance with anyone, Benny. <laughs> what's your preferred outcome?
1: Yeah, there was a few guys in the office that were just asking, are you sure it was Mark Soden are you sure it wasn't your parents who just changed their <laughs> handwriting a little bit? To, but no, I, I think it, it was very kind. Um, you know, you, it always means a lot to you when you're a kid and you get a letter like that from uh, from, from one of your heroes. But um, look, I mean, I, I guess I'm pretty realistic about the whole thing that it's been, um, you know, 25 years. And, you know, I guess I've, <laughs> I've never really truly believed that uh, the Bears might come back. But look. Certainly hearing Peter Volandi's support for the idea is the biggest thing that it has going for it, I think. I mean, if he's in charge and he's a fan of it, then, um, you know, it's it's a, it's a chance. And uh, look, I do think that they, in if it's done correctly, the Bears could bring something in the sense that, you know, in a smaller scale, you see what, um, you know, the Dolphins have really benefited from the fact that they had a history as a club, the Dolphins. Yes. And, you know, you sort of come in, and the club's got a soul, and I think that's a big thing. You know, um, you look at clubs like the Gold Coast Titans, for example, and these teams that are out of town. It's hard for them to really get any kind of traction, particularly in Sydney. So I think if done correctly, the colours and, um, and the and the badge and all the rest of it, and the history, could really add something to to a, a new location like Perth. Um, But, yeah, look, I know it's probably a bit of a running joke for people that um, the Bears are linked to every location that uh, comes onto the horizon. But I think that's been part of the advice given to them in the sense that you don't want to necessarily hit yourself yourself to one wagon. And, um, you know, if their idea can be transplanted to whichever team comes in, then um, I I understand why they're keeping their options open. But um, just got to be careful about perhaps um, overreaching and, you know, as you've sort of touched on, Jimmy, um, I think uh, limiting the games at North Sydney Oval has definitely got to be part of the
0: plan. Oh, limit, limit strongly the games at North Sydney Oval, but that that is a, a yeah. separate issue altogether. Actually, it's it's a good point you make around that, given the fact that they do have this this dormant supporter base, and that's a little bit like Wayne Bennett. Remember when the new new club was coming in, the the new franchise, and Wayne was the number one choice for coach for all three of the new franchises, so it's yeah. a win-win-win situation well, for Wayne. Yeah, I, if, might be the if, same if, for if the Bears.
1: About, if you're thinking about Perth or... Um, you know, PNG or Pacific or whatever it might be. I mean, just to have a presence in when, when, you know, they're going to play half their games in Sydney. So um, it just brings more of a vibe and uh, and an energy to those games alone. um, If you've got sort of all these fans based in Sydney that would get out. And I do believe they would. I mean, um, uh, you know, I was at the grand final last year for reserve grade and it was great out at Parramatta Stadium. Half the the stand was full and um, it was great. So... We'll see what happens, but obviously, uh, yeah,
0: I'd love to see it happen. Ah, Fantastic. Hey, Benny, always great with your time for this program. Really do appreciate it. You enjoy yourself a a bit of time off at the moment, and uh, we look forward to catching up in the future.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot, Jimmy. Appreciate it. All the best for the footy season.